So we will be reading from the book of Micah, uh, chapter 7, verses 1 to 7. I will be reading from the New International Version this time. Uh, and uh, if you're at home, join us. Uh, if you are here, may I request you to stand as reverence to the Word of God and read silently with me as you cannot read it very loud. We will be reading the seventh chapter, the book of Micah, verses 1 to 7. What misery is mine! I am like one who gathers summer fruit at the gleaning of the vineyard. There is no cluster of grapes to eat, none of the early figs that I crave. The faithful have been swept from the land, not one upright person remains. Everyone lies in wait to shed blood, they hunt each other with nets. Both hands are skilled in doing evil. The ruler demands gifts. The judge accepts bribes. The powerful dictate what they desire. They all conspire together. The best of them is like a briar, the most upright, worse than a thorn hedge. The day God visit you has come. The day your watchmen sound the alarm. Now is the time of your, of your confusion. Do not trust a neighbor, put no confidence in a friend. Even with a woman who lies in your embrace, guard the words of your lips. For a son dishonors his father, a daughter rises up against her mother. A daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, a man's enemies are the members of his own household. But as for me, I watch in hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior, my God, will hear me. May the Lord be worshipped and praised by the reading of his word. Let us come to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you today. We worship you because you are a great God. Lord, as we read these words, speak to our hearts, speak to our minds. And Lord, speak to your people today that they may be able to see who you are and what you're asking us to do. Be with your people today, wherever we are, whether we are at home or here, or in whatever platform that we're using at this very moment. Thank you, Father. All this we ask in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Let's all be seated. As a sort of review, we have discussed last week the dimensions of restoration. I said just one dimension and one uh, way of looking at uh, dimension on how God restore us, on how God would affect his restoration in us, or the, how uh, the restoration of God looks like. And we've discussed that uh, in Isaiah chapter 60. And as a sort of review, uh, the restoration of God is radiating. And when I say radiating, I don't just mean brilliance, I don't just mean it's bright, but we have seen that radiating or radiance from God or the light of God is creating a order to chaos. It's being the light of the Messiah. Of course, another aspect of restoration is that other than radiating, it's also reunifying. It unifies us it brings us to reconciliation. The restoration of God is reunifying, reconciling. 
Also, we've discussed that the restoration of God is reversing, reversing from bad to good or evil to good, or even reversing our transgression to forgiveness, or even our bad attitudes and calling us to the right ones, reversing. And of course, finally, one aspect of the restoration of God is it is reassuring. When we say reassuring, it is permanent. It is something that we could look forward to. It is not temporal, but eternal. It's reassuring. So when we see the restoration of God, we see that it's radiating, reunifying, or reconciling. It is uh, reversing, and it is uh, reassuring. So these are one of the aspects of uh, God's restoration in our lives. And we all crave for that. We, only crave, we all crave for restoration. I hope you're not just craving for the restoration of yourself, but you're also restoring, you want to, uh, craving for the restoration of our society or our nation. And so with that, I have entitled this sermon, Prophetic Lament, A Cry for Restoration. And we've seen that and we've read that from uh, the book of Micah. We rarely uh, read Micah. He's a minor prophet, but let me just give you a brief background on Micah. Micah is a prophet in Judah, and he's a contemporary of Isaiah, and later Hosea and Amos. So he's from Moreshet Gath and lived during the reign of Jotham, Az, and Hezekiah. So that's uh, the social and uh, uh, historical background of Micah. Again, he's a minor prophet because of, as you can see, not just of the, uh, of the length of his prophecy of what was written in the Old Testament. But particularly, Micah prophesied about the Messiah, the fall of Judah and Samaria uh, to the Assyrians. As you know, uh, Judah was uh, conquered by many, many empires, the Assyrians, later on the Babylonians, the Persians, and later on the Romans. And while he prophesied uh, about the fall of Judah, he also spoke against the moral decline of Judah and the coming salvation of the Lord. So essentially, Micah spoke uh, about the moral decline of his country, of his society, amidst their economic progress. And with that, there's also a prophecy of the impending uh, global threat of the Assyrians. So while they're enjoying peace and prosperity, at the background of that is a moral decay. So in many ways, I think you will agree with me that we live almost with the same social context as, as, as that of Micah's. If we will situate ourselves in an ancient context, or even we will just place Micah, situate Micah in our context today, it's the same. We are living in an economic uh, progressive society, but at the same time, there's a reality of impending global threat to our security. At the same time, with all of that, there's a moral decay in our society nowadays. We have, uh, we woke up with the news that uh, the U.S. forces left 
uh, Afghanistan and was uh, taken over by Taliban. That's uh, a threat to global security as many uh, legal and uh, political analysts would uh, surmise. They say this is a global threat to security. But at the same time, it didn't touch us. We're still in the midst of pandemic or even with pandemic, you're still here. You're still able to come here and somehow enjoy the economic progress of the world. So we are enjoying that, but there's a moral decline. Now, there's an English term for that. I-add natin sa ating mga English vocabulary. Pag moral decay, moral decline, another word for that, and I love the word, moral decadence. Yan. Sama niyo sa mga vocabulary ng mga kumari ninyo. You know, Mari, we're living in a morally decadent society. Wow, Mario, matin ka lang sa living world, dumalalim ang English mo. Moral decadence meaning moral decay. Pagkasira, pagkawasak, pagkababa ng antas ng moralidad ng lipu ng ating ginagalawan. Moral decadence. Yan. Iyad niyo yun, ha? Kasi dati akong English teacher, kaya tuturuan ko kayo nun. So here you have Micah. He lives in a morally decadent society. A society that is morally decaying. But interestingly, Micah spoke against it. And he has this lament. What is lament? Alam nyo na yung lament, di ba? Malament means to cry, to wail. In Tagalog, panaghoy. Di ba? Pag nananagoy, hindi lang yung, that's cry, or Pero pag panaghoy, well, yon ang panaghoy. Okay. So that's panaghoy. It is an intense expression of sorrow and sadness. Now in the Bible, as what we have read in Micah, there are two broad categories of Hebrew poetry in the scripture according to the Old Testament scholar Klaus Westerman. There are two kinds. And I think you will agree with Klaus. He said, the first poetry is about praise. We can read it in the Psalms. There's a praise. It's full of adoration, exaltation, or celebration. That is praise. There's also a, a category of Hebrew uh, poetry in the scriptures. What we have seen in Lamentations, what we've seen in Jeremiah, and what we have seen in this chapter of Micah, lament. Meaning a cry, sorrow, an ex- expression of distress and agony. And this is true, and this is good, because not all the time we will be able to praise God. There are times that we have to lament. We have to cry. We have to be sorrowful. We have to be distressful with what's happening around us. And that's an expression that God has given us. If you have time, please do read this prophetic lament by Sung Chan Ra. I didn't capture the book. It's a very beautiful book. Prophetic Lament by Sung Chanra. He said there that lament is an important expression of our faith. Kasi hindi naman araw-araw kayong nakakapag-praise the Lord. Tama? There are times that you will cry. There are times that you will say you're in agony. And that is also an expression of your faith according to Sung Chanra. And I agree with him. Look at Micah. He made a lament. He is crying, sorrowful, distressed, and agon- in agony with what's happening around him. And here, 
in, the, in chapter 7 of the book of Micah, he presented to us why he's lamenting. And there are three states that he presented here, which we'll quickly discuss today. The first state is that he will describe his personal state. What is feeling? Ano ang nararamdaman niya sa kanyang kalooban? Sa nakikita niya sa kanyang uh, pamumuhay, sa kanyang uh, pamayanan, at sa kanyang bansa. That's a personal state. And I think more, many of you will relate to him. Second that we will discuss is that he would uh, also describe the state of the nation. And I will linger on that. And the third is that he will describe the state of the family. Somehow, when you read Micah, he didn't say that in a hierarchy, like personal, family, state. If you will read him, he made that like, in my mind, I see that he's presenting it to us like a circle. One is interrelated. You remove one, you will make it an imbalanced uh, platform. You remove one, it will be imbalanced. So that's how Micah presented it. So the first thing that we're going to discuss is how Micah presented his lament on the person, his personal state. Ano bang naramdaman ni Micah? And many of you probably could relate uh, with this. He said, What misery is mine. I am like the one who gathers summer fruit or the gleaning of the vineyard. There is no cluster of grapes to eat. Ano kaya ang ina-express ni Micah nung sinabi niya ito? None of the early figs that I crave, the faithful have been swept from the land not one upright person remains. Yan ang sabi ni Micah. Everyone lies in wait to shed blood. Lahat nagihintay na pumatay ng tao o gumawa ng masama sa kanilang kapwa. Everyone is waiting to take advantage of someone. They hunt each other with nets. And so when we look at this uh, verse, what we could see is that Micah is anguish. He felt that misery. Sinabi niya, di ba? What misery is mine? He's miserable. He's frustrated. Di ba yung frustration niya? There's no cluster of grapes. He's frustrated. And hopelessness. Ang sabi niya doon, none of the early fixed that I created, the faithful have been swept from the land. He's hopeless. And he's discouraged. Paano siya na-discourage? Wala man lang daw mabuti. Not one upright person remains hopelessness and discouragement. Deadly combination. When you're hopeless and when you're discouraged, definitely you would lament. And not just that. He's hopeless, he's discouraged, he's frustrated, he feels feeling of misery and anguish. He also felt danger and fear. Ang sabi niya dito, Everyone lies in wait to shed blood. They hunt each other with nets. If the society that you live in is so dangerous, you would naturally be fearful and would feel danger. This is the personal state of Micah. Ito yung kanyang nararamdaman. And I'd like to ask you, are you feeling these emotions? 
Napaka-rich ng emotion na, na pinirisent sa atin ni Micah the first two verses pa lang. Do you feel anguish? Do you feel misery now? Are you frustrated? Hopeless? Discouraged? Do you feel danger? Do you feel uh, that you're in danger? Are you f- fearful of something? Not just because of what the things that you have done, but perhaps those uh, uh, friends of ours listening to other jurisdictions or perhaps in the Philippines, do you feel these things? Are you frustrated? And I will just relate that with the recent news that we have received in Afghanistan. You know, somehow I felt uh, for the people in Afghanistan. Because could you imagine the news that we have uh, uh, seen? You know, people are, are flocked the airport. As, I don't know whether they have tickets or not. Just flocking the airport without a ticket. Because they don't want to be under that regime anymore. But what we've seen that as well is, according to news, is the failure of government. I would assume that the people there are miserable, they're frustrated, they're hopeless, they're discouraged. And there were news also in CNN that, I don't know, probably people uh, clung uh, to the whatever parts of the, the plane and they fell. And I would assume that they fear uh, the new regime and they felt that they're in danger. We hear the endless politicking in our own country, endless politicking. And we are in the midst of global pandemic. Sana ba yung nagsabi sa akin? Because they saw, how was it Tita Eva who told me when we saw the news and there's a lot of people packing the airline, sabi ni Tita Eva, wow, ang daming COVID dyan for sure. Kasi nasa gitna pa rin naman tayo ng pandemic, but they don't care. It's like you live there and die or you have COVID, you just choose. What miserable situation we are in. Mamamatay ka by sword o mamamatay ka by virus, mamimili ka lang. So, siguro sinabi niya, baka mabuhay ako sa COVID, so I'll just take COVID. Aren't you feeling the same? Could you imagine? Parang, pwede ba wag muna tayong mag-away-away? Nasa gitna tayo ng pandemic, di ba? Look at that. That's a personal stake. And then when you look at that, you feel so utterly miserable. Pag tinitignan ko ang balita, Ayoko na minsan tignan. That's a personal stake. And I'll go to the second point. Micah, with that personal state, presented the state of the nation, Judah. And you could relate with this. In that nation, in Judah, this is the situation. Both hands are skilled in doing evil. Wow. The ruler demands gifts. Wow, sounds very familiar, right? The judge accepts bribes. The powerful dictate what they desire. I think I could very much relate with this as a Filipino. They all conspire together. The best of them is like a briar. A briar is a, uh, uh, a thorny plant. 
the most upright, worse than a thorn hedge. Yung daw, kung meron man daw tao doon na mabuti, mas masahol pa yon kaysa doon sa isang halaman na may tinik. So, anong klaseng comparison yun sa isang mabuting tao? Parang sinasabi niya, wala talagang mabuti. Look at the poetic, uh, the, the poetry of Micah. Very beautiful. Sa so, pero sabi niya, the day God visit you has come. And whenever God comes, He brings judgment. The day of your watchmen sound the alarm. Now is a time of your confusion. We see this in our real world. Hindi ko alam if you have experienced this. Micah is calling the attention of the people in Judah. And I think Micah is also calling our attention as Christians. We have discussed restoration of our personal lives. But as Christians, I hope by now we should be concerned as well with our community and our country in a larger sense. We could not just seek our own good as Christians. We need to seek the good of others, the good of our community, the good of our country. And when I, when I read this, parang wow, sounds very familiar. Look at the corruption in our own land. In the Philippines. And I'm not saying that because I'm a Filipino. I'm saying that because it's true. And that is the call of a prophet. The call of a prophet is to precisely speak truth to power. Look on how Micah said it. Sinabi niya, hindi ba may corruption? Hindi ba mayroong uh, uh, nepotism dito? Hindi ba mayroong uh, graph dito? And so Micah is presenting us that there is bribery, there is greed, there is violence, and I've used the word decadence a while ago, moral, de- moral decline, moral decay. Imagine mo, yung ruler mo will demand gifts. Pupunta ka kay mayor, and then si mayor, hindi ka makakapunta ng wala kang dalang bilao forever. Pupunta ka sa judge, because you have a case, you think that you will be given justice, you won't be given justice kasi kailangan mong bigyan si judge. And the powerful dictate what they desire. O, nauso yan, nung paghalalan, mga oligarchs. Di ba? Naparunig niyo sa mga yaman, they just dictate. And Micah spoke against them. And you look at that. There's no one upright. There's moral decline. And you see here, there's apathy. Apathy is, nilagay ko ang imining dyan, dagdag din sa vocabulary natin, lack of concern. And this is what Micah is speaking against. Apathy. Kawalan ng pakialam. Wala naman kami sa Pilipinas, eh. ba't kami makikialam dyan? Apathy. And that's dangerous. Apathy is very dangerous when you lack concern, when you don't care anymore. 
There are Christians who said, you should not speak about politics. I beg to disagree. We should have our prophetic voice. Christians should speak truth to power. We should call sin a sin. We should call bribery as bribery. We should call corruption as corruption. We should call out evil when we see evil. Because the moment you did not speak of evil, you did not call out evil, the moment you become apathetic, lack of concern, the moment you did not speak of injustice that you see, you become complicit to it. You become a part to it. Kapag hindi kayo nagsalita sa katotohanan, sa nakikita ninyo sa inyong pamayanan, kayo ay bahagi ng kasamaan na yun. You become complicit to evil. So you could not say, we are Christians, we're passive. Christianity, Christians were never called to passivity. Christians must be active participants in their community. Hindi nyo pwedeng sabihin sa akin na you will just be apathetic. The moment you did not seek justice or become silent with injustice, you become a part of that injustice. You become evil as well. Bibigyan ko kayo ng halimbawa. Kung halimbawa na-rape ang inyong anak ng inyong asawa, matindi ano? Don't tell me hindi kayo pupunta sa korte at sa pamahalaan upang ipakulong ang inyong asawa. Tama, mali. Because the moment you allow that to happen, you are also becoming a partner to the crime of rape of that man to your own daughter. But it happens. It happens. It happens in our society. The evil, the moral decline, the decadence of the society. We should speak against it. We should be agents of change, of justice in the world. Pero sometimes, apathy. Ayaw nating magsalita kasi Christian tayo. For evil men to triumph, it is enough that good men do nothing. I'll say that again. For evil men to triumph, it is enough that good men will do nothing. I want you to speak and act whenever you see injustice. Because that is part of God's restoration. Our Christian voice must be heard in all spheres. And I'll say this. The prophetic voice, as what we've seen in Micah, the prophetic voice of Christians must be heard in all spheres of human interactions. Our message ought to be fully informed and influenced by the redeeming gospel of Jesus. We need to have a prophetic voice. And prophetic voice, it's not just mean, and many times I've said, it's not just about becoming a clairvoyant or a fortune teller. Ang prophetic voice hindi yung nakikita ko sa aking bolang kristal. That's not prophetic voice. Prophetic voice is not just being Madam O'Ring or Rudy Baldwin. Hindi yun. That is not the use of prophetic voice. Prophetic voice in the scriptures is as a prophet, you speak the oracles of God. 
You herald the salvation, the good news of God. You rebuke people of their evil ways and speak that there is hope in Jesus. That is prophetic voice. And that message must be heard. We are called to exercise our prophetic voice. I'm not saying you become prophet all the time. Huh? To exercise that prophetic voice. To have the voice of a prophet. Gaya ng ginawa ni Micah. Di ba sinabi niya? May corruption, may bribery. There's injustice. Open ang kanyang isip at puso doon. Because when we seek renewal of ourselves, we don't just seek renewal for ourselves. We speak the renewal of our nation. The society that we live in. Now, people here on FB, you will say, Yes, sabi ni uh, Brother Ray, pwede na kaming mag-prophetic voice, magra-ranting ako sa Facebook ngayon, laban sa pamahalaan. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> that is the problem. I'm calling you and I'm encouraging you to exercise your prophetic voice. The problem is this. How do you exercise prophetic voice biblically? Yan ang tanong. Walang problema. We can speak. I'm, I'm encouraging you to speak your mind and to, to speak justice. Ang problema, how? Diba? How? How do we speak truth to power? How do we rebuke evil in our society like what Micah did? First and foremost, before we go on, let me linger on this a bit. This is a sermon in itself, but I'll just give you perhaps the principles. Let me say this, first and foremost. Romans 13, chapter 1 and 2. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. All right. For there is no authority except that which is God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. And in that uh, second verse, it says, Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. So first and foremost, bago kayo magranting sa FB, we are called as Christians to submit to authorities. In other words, Christians must be law-abiding citizens. When you rant against the government, you may, you, if you want to overthrow the government, that is no longer submitting yourself to authority. That is no longer prophetic voice. Why? Because that is illegal. When you want to overthrow the government, ibagsang ang rehiming whatever, XXX, blah, blah, blah. That is sedition. That's inciting to sedition. Sedition meaning you are creating hate speech. Illegal yun. Submission to authority or hindi? Hindi. As a Christian, you are not called to do that. Now, let me say this. How do we submit to authorities? Now, let me say this. Not all governments are good and perfect. Do you agree? That is true. Another truism is this. While not all governments are good and perfect, not some governments are better than others. Do you agree? Some governments are far more righteous and upright than others. That is true. So, 
if our first call is to submit ourselves to the authorities, to the laws, what is the limitation? Kailan ko dapat sabihin yung aking pag may injustice? There is a limit to that. Not because you don't just like the government or you just like the president. No. There is a limitation to submission to authority. Now, the limitation to that is this. When the government implements or passes a law that will curtail your expression of faith and will stop you from righteous living. That is the limitation that we ought not to submit to authorities. I'll give you an example. Daniel. Diba si Daniel, there's a story. He's a righteous man, isn't he? In fact, Daniel is a very peculiar story. He served at the Babylonian court. He's a high-ranking official in, in Babylon. Could you imagine the difficulty of Daniel? But he submit himself to authorities. Kailan siya hindi nagsubmit sa authority? When there was a very bad law. Ang sabi ng batas, you cannot worship other guy and you have to worship uh, uh, the image and pray to that only. Daniel defied it. But not rebellious, not subversive. I'll say that again. Daniel defied and resisted that law. Not subversive, not rebellious. In fact, he subjected himself to that law. Diba anong kaparosahan pag if you did not worship the, the image? What is the punishment? You would be killed. And he subjected himself to that. He followed still the law. He, he, he faced the consequence of the law. Because that law, to serve that golden image, is already a curtailment of his freedom to express his faith and an impediment or a, a stop to his righteous living. Now, the answer to that, dito sa ating pag-submit sa ating authorities is this. Alam niyo, lahat halos ng batas, I would say this as a student of law, lahat ng batas are good laws. Most laws in any tripartite democracies are good laws because they are created for the common good. Not all laws are bad. Mostly, some laws are amoral, hindi immoral. Amoral. Pag sinabing amoral, it doesn't pertain to morality. Mga gray areas. Now, that is lost. And as Christians, did it, itong batas na ito, for instance, did it curtail your freedom of expression of your faith? No. Did it impede you from righteous living? No. So what are you going to do? Submit yourself to authority, follow the law. Of course, we all know this. As non-citizens of this country, it is prohibited that we uh, participate in any political discourse. Now, what you're saying, it's only true in Singapore. That is true to any democ democracy, even in our country. If you're not a citizen of that country, you're not supposed to participate in the political discourse of that country. Because that's for the common good. So you need to obey it. 
Huwag kayong magra-ranting-ranting sa Facebook. Sabihin nyo, injustice yun. That's not injustice. That is legal. That's for the good of everyone. So you need to submit to that. Why? I'll explain it to you. I'll just take a bit of time. I'll explain to you why you're not supposed. Because of this legal principle. Alam ninyo, bibigyan ko kayo ng halimbawa, yung pong passport nyo, sino may ari? You don't own your passport. Do you know that, mga FB friends? Your passport, you don't own your passport. The owner of your passport is the government. And if you read the passport, it reads there, na hinihiling ng pamahalaan ng Pilipinas na kung kayo ay daraan o pupunta sa isang bansa, hinihiling ng pamahalaan ng Pilipinas na bigyan kayo ng karapatan at ng tulong or aid doon sa inyong pupuntahang bansa. Tama? That's an act of courtesy. Because our country is just asking this government to take good care of us while we are here. And so as an act of courtesy to the committee among nations, as a public international law, we need to abide by it. Kaya meron yung nagsabi, ba't di kami pwede magsalita? Magbasa-basa ng konti, minsan mga friends. Because that's illegal. Even in the Philippines. If you're a foreigner, you're not supposed to participate in their political discourse. Let's respect that. Submit yourself to authority. That's not unjust. We're still able to practice our faith here. We're still able to exercise our righteous living. So we must submit to authorities. Yon ang limitation. Because I'll say this, Christian can disagree without being subversive. Subversive means you want to overthrow the government. As a Christian, why do you want to overthrow the government? You want to, be, you want to replace them? They can resist without being rebellious. We need not compromise our Christian witness whenever we speak truth to power. Because speaking truth to power versus our call to submit to those in authority and posture, you know, these things are not incompatible. Because as believers, we are called, unreservedly called, to the ministry of reconciliation. Kaya huwag kayong basta-basta rant ng rant sa FB. Nagalit kayo sa Pilipinas, galit kayo sa gobyerno. Yung mga love life niyo siguro pwede. But be careful. Now let me just give you some tips. How should Christians exercise their prophetic voice? Now that I'm encouraging you to exercise it. Now that we've known that we need to submit ourselves to authorities. Kaya pahagi rin ito, sabi ng government, mag-trace together, mag-trace together tayo. Does it impede you for your righteous living? No. Does it impede you to exercise of your faith? No. Eh di gumamit ng trace together, wag makulit. Very simple. Kung kristyano tayo, we cannot follow those simple laws. How can we have a prophetic voice? Okay, let me give you and give you tips on how to rant on your Facebook. The first is, whenever we exercise our prophetic voice, we need to speak truth with grace. Um, I have given here some of the Bible verses. For the interest of time, I won't be uh, reading them. Speak truth with grace. In other words, huwag kayong mag-troll sa FB. Alam niyo yung troll? Nakita kayo may balita. Hindi niyo naman binasa yung balita. Ah, you just rant on it. Yeah, yeah, people, da, 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 da. Is that gracious? And sometimes you just saw on Facebook or social media, you just commented on it. 
Pero hindi niyo fact-checked yung binasa niyo sa Facebook. As Christians, we are called to truth. And this is very practical theology. You know why? Because as Christians, we need to fact-check the things that we share on Facebook. Fake news pala. At nakakahiya, mga Kristiyano pa man din tayo. I'm so sorry, I will rant on this. Mga Kristiyano pa ang nagpapa... Not on Facebook, sometimes she will share, Brother, ayoko magpabaksin. Why? When you are... Uh, kasi ano daw yung tatak ng 666? <laughs> wow, man! So great, ah! Tinalo mo si John, ah! Buti ka pa, nalaman mo yung 666. Kami, di namin alam. Truth. Is that the truth? So, wag kayong magpakalat ng mga wrong messages sa Facebook. Fact-checked it. It's part of your Christian prophetic voice. Very simple. Of course, we discuss doctrine here. Ito, practical application of the doctrine. Okay, basta-basta maglalike-like ng mga page. Ma-cover page pa kayo. Ibang, iba pala yun. Supporting something else pala yun. Ang ganda na kasi, ano brother, ang daming kulay. Christians must love truth in all its forms. Fact check. Uh, please read the scriptures. Speak with clarity and purpose. Hindi yung pag nag-face sa Facebook, nakikisaw-saw kayo, meddling into the affairs of others, meddling into the politics of others. Again, you're not supposed to meddle into the affairs of the country that you're being hosted. For example, here, I've already explained why, legally. I hope I've already convinced you. So don't. Follow, obey, submit yourself to authority. Now, when you speak it, when you need to speak uh, onto something, that injustice that you have speak, spoken about, speak with clarity. Wag yung nagkopya kayo, and then you'll just say something. And then you created confusion. Speak truth uh, with clarity and purpose. And then the second one, what is your purpose of posting that? So you can impress your friends, that you're politically mature, or we say that, as I've, as I've mentioned, when we speak our prophetic voice, that is to inform them of the redeeming gospel of Jesus Christ. As believers, minsan, pero ngayon, di na inahanap ko sa Facebook, pili ko nag-shift na kayong lahat sa TikTok. <laughs> what is your purpose of posting that on Facebook? Grit na grit kayo, kay tatay nyo, kay tatay din nyo. Wakay kayo grit na grit sa kanya. Pinag-pray nyo na ba siya? Hindi pa, gagalit na po kasi ako sa kanya. See? Clarity and purpose. What is your purpose? Dahil galit ka lang? Or, sabi ko nga kanina, your prophetic voice is informed by the gospel. Because you want to say truth. Wag basta-basta post ng post kung ano-ano. Post nyo na lang yung mga anak nyo, mga bago nyong hobby, biking, pla, mga plants, and all. That's okay. Because as Christians, that's how we put our prophetic voice. Another is, when we speak our prophetic voice, we must foster peace and reconciliation. When you post something, does it foster peace? O lalo lang kayo nagpapaaway ng people. You know? You're just making two factions uh, go against each other. Because, as mentioned earlier, we're called to the ministry of reconciliation. 
And lastly, when we speak and speak out about our prophetic voice, we must act with humility and respect. Humility and respect not only to Christians, not only to those people who don't believe our political beliefs, but also respect and humility to the people of other faiths. The problem with evangelical Christianity is this. We so much embrace our truth that we'll deride other peoples of other faiths. And then we realize that you can be friends from people of other faiths. Many of you are friends or your colleagues from other uh, Christian traditions or other faiths. And isn't that so wonderful to be friends with them as well? Bilang mga Kristiyano, you have a neighbor who belongs to the other faith, respect them. Be humble to them. Hindi ibig sabihin, they don't belong to the same faith, you will just ignore them. In fact, that's the call of Christianity, to respect. We exist in a society that is multicultural, uh, multi-religious. We must respect and we must be able to thrive with that. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful to live peaceably with all. And if you will read the verses that I've included in that, that's what it means. Kahit na sila ay nanggagaling sa ibang pananampalataya, we must be able to respect them. And that is how we are able to exercise our prophetic voice. Not being subversive. Hindi yung ibagsak, ang ganon. I'll give you one example in the history. This person, William Wilberforce, is an example of a Christian who resisted against injustice, but he did not become rebellious, he did not become subversive to the government. William Wilberforce is a staunch Christian, an English parliamentarian, an evangelical Christian who advocated in the abolition of slavery. He's an ardent follower of Jesus and believed that whites and blacks are equal in the sight of God. Because you know in Christian history, Christianity once believed, and in some part during their time, that blacks are inferior to whites. I'm not joking. You study your church history. This man said no. They are equal. We are equal. And so the black uh, men transported from Africa to the New World, to America, or to Europe, he said it must stop. He advocated the abolition of slavery. He did not become subversive. Hindi, siya nag, oh, hindi niya in-overthrow ang English government. In fact, he was a member of the parliament. The way to change the world, the way to have your prophetic voice in this world is to go and follow and obey the law. And through that, change it. You know how he was influenced? He has a common acquaintance with John Newton. You know John Newton, the um, author and the uh, 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 hymn writer of Amazing Grace? Because John Newton himself is a slave trader. Alam nyo si William Wilberforce, he really wanted to be uh, a pastor. Gusto niya nang mag-enter sa, sa pastorate. Pero sabi ni John Newton, no. Run for the English Parliament, continue your advocacy, and then he changed the world. The reason why 
the entire uh, slavery was abolished in the uh, British Empire was because of this man. He's a Christian. And I hope for many people, young people who are, who are here, you'll be uh, encouraged by the life of William Wilberforce. Because we are called to be the salt and light of the world. And so that leads us, now that we are called to prophetic voice, we are called to the state of our family. And very quickly, ang sabi doon sa, uh, sa verse, do not trust a neighbor. Put confidence in a friend. Itong mahirap, no? You cannot trust your friend anymore. You cannot trust your neighbor. Even with the woman who lies in your embrace, yung partner ninyo, you cannot trust them anymore. O wala akong ibig sabihin. Guard the words of your... For a son dishonor his father, daughter rises up against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, a man's enemies are the members of her own household. Anong pinakikita dito ni Micah? As he speaks, as he uses his prophetic voice, what he's saying is that there's deception in the community, there's infidelity, disrespect, feud, and family disintegration. Hindi ba nangyayari yun sa ating society now? Kalaban nyo yung mga, binanan ninyo, kalaban nyo, pero yung binanan ko, love na love ko. Alam ni Donna yun. Um, disrespect. You see the, how the verse said it. And that is the state of the family. And I'll, I'll say this quickly, there's a moral decline if the family is already at this stage. Sabi ni Micah, look at the stage, pati yung pamilya na apektohan na. Or perhaps, nagsimula sa pamilya, nag-branch out yon sa society. Look at how evil it is. Now, if we see this as a, in a state of our family, it means our society is in a moral decline. Ngayon, ang tanong, very quickly, how should we respond as Christians in the moral decline? Nakikita natin, ganun sa ating pamilya. Una, the verses are here. This is just practical tips to all of you kasi practical theology tayo ngayon. Walang ibang dapat gawin kundi ito. Pray, pray, pray. Yun ang una natin gagawin. Manalangin. Alam niyo yung 2 Chronicles 7.14, di ba? If my people will humble themselves, seek my faith, humble themselves, I will hear from heaven. And then we see that. Pray, manalangin. Pangalawa, act with justice and mercy. Is there justice and mercy in our relationship? The way you deal with people. The way you deal also with your family members. O sa mga karelasyon ninyo, may justice ba sa inyong relationship o niloloko nyo lang? O wag kayong manloko. Act justice with mercy. And I think I will lump this together. Live out a gospel-filled life. Ano ba yung gospel-filled life? Hindi ba the gospel is about reconciliation? It's about forgiveness. It's about mercy. It's about grace. Live that out. Is your life full of grace? Is your life full of forgiveness? Is your life full of, of uh, mercy and graciousness with others? That's a gospel-filled life. Kindness? Kind ba kayo? Ngayong pandemic, gano'n kayo kakind dun sa inyong neighbor who cannot, uh, an auntie who cannot even go out? And when you see someone in the train or whatever, how kind you are, that's living a gospel-filled life. And, importantly, share the gospel of Jesus. Very practical. Paano niyo ba siya ni-share ang gospel ni Jesus? 
hindi ko na ituturo sa inyo, isang sermon yun. Share the gospel of Jesus Christ because we believe that whenever we speak and whenever we exercise a prophetic voice, inevitably, we will have to share the gospel. Because whenever we live out a gospel-filled life, whenever we share the gospel of Jesus Christ, we bring God's kingdom on earth. Alam nyo itong lagi natin sinasabi, we want to go to the kingdom of God. But there is one thing, and I'll leave it here uh, with you. God is also asking us, Jesus is also asking us to bring the kingdom of God on earth. How do we do that? When we share the gospel, when we live out a gospel-filled life. And I say this as we would end. Christians should not just hope, should not just hope for the coming kingdom of God, but also respond to the Lord's prayer to bring God's kingdom on earth, where he prayed, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So what does it mean? As disciples of Jesus, we bring the kingdom of God on earth by pursuing liberty and championing social justice. What is social justice? Meaning kindness to, to, to our neighbors and our friends. Fostering peace and reconciliation. Showing truth and grace in our everyday dealings. Promoting life and healing through the redeeming power and knowledge of Jesus Christ. When we do this, we respond to the call of Jesus to bring the kingdom of God on earth. But sometimes as Christians, we just want, Lord, I want to go to your kingdom. But wait a minute. God is calling us to bring his kingdom on earth. We always forget that line, the prayer of Jesus. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And we do that precisely by living out a gospel-filled life. Kung kayo kapareho lang ng mundo, pare-pareho lang tayo sa mundo, then there's no use of being a Christian anymore. And we are called to bring the kingdom of God on earth. In Micah chapter 6, and I'll be ending, ito yung nire-require sa atin. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. That is the prophetic lament. That is our cry of restoration, not only for ourselves, but for our community, for our families. Wag kayo maging kristyano for yourself. Lord, I just want to be blessed. I just want to feel your embrace. I want to be renewed. But look around you. How is God calling you to be agents of change? How is God calling you to speak out and use your prophetic voice? Speak truth to power. We are to bring not only the message of the gospel, not only the message of the gospel, but the life-giving, death-denying power of the gospel in our lives. Bring also a gospel of a life lived out for truth. And I will leave this to you, this verse, Psalms chapter 82, verse 2 to 4, and I hope this will challenge you. How long will you defend the unjust and show partiality to the wicked? Defend the weak and the fatherless. 
uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. For young people who are here, I hope this will awaken you. Di ba mga millennials ngayon? Woke kami, we're woke. This is how to be woke as a millennial. This is how to be woke. How long will you defend the unjust and show partiality to the wicked? Are you in complicit, in connivance with evil? Are you silent with injustice? Are you defending the weak and the fatherless? Are you upholding the cause of the poor and the oppressed? In your society, in your community, in your block, are there people there whom people who need help and you ought to help them as Christians? What are the practical ways? You could volunteer. You could help a colleague. You could be kind and generous. You could be gracious. And that's not a rocket science, my dear brothers and sisters. It's a call for us to speak out our prophetic voice. And I will end here. We are now relaunching or somehow revitalizing our Good Samaritan ministry. Because this is what ails us. We could not worship without praise and worship. Tama ba tayo mga Kristiyano ngayon? Kailangan pag may worship service, dapat may kantahan. Of course, that, there should be prayer. And those are parts of our worship. But is charity part of our worship? Is reaching out to others part of who we are as Christians? That whenever we say Christian, we don't just pray, we don't just sing. We do acts of good kindness and charity to someone because that is a function of the church. The church cannot exist without that. We could stop the worship services here and we, it happened during the pandemic. But I hope when we stop the services here, our charity, our prophetic voice reaching out to those vulnerable, to the poor, to the oppressed in our community will never stop. In fact, it should expand. Because that is what the church is all about. Because even if we stop the physical worship here and we go out there and be a church, people will feel that church. That is our prophetic voice. And I hope as we revitalize this Good Samaritan ministry, I hope all of you in this church will be part of us, reaching out to our community, to our uh, yung nasa, uh, migrant communities. Tayo, most of us are in migrant communities. The elderly, the poor. They are here in Singapore, pockets of that. We should help, we should volunteer. Because we are the church. We're not just here just to clap our hands and to just fulfill our personal spiritual upliftment. Exercise that outside. Be the voice. Live out that gospel. And I hope today those things will encourage you as we have read in Micah. State, as we have known the state of our affairs, personal state, we would also see the state of our nation and the community that we live in and the state of our families and live out a gospel-filled life. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for leading us today. Thank you for teaching us this practical 
uh, things that we ought to know as Christians. Lord, you have called us to exercise our prophetic voice, not to be subversive, not to resist power, but speak truth to power. To see the pockets of injustice in our society, to see the poor and the oppressed, to those who are needy, and to respond to that. Because that is where you are calling us. Lord, we sometimes seek our personal spiritual nourishment. But many times, Lord, we confess that we fail to see the needs of others. We've never checked up on our neighbor who is an elderly person, perhaps, if she needed something. We've never been gracious to MRT and to help those probably people who needed a lift. And so, Lord God, rebuke us. And sometimes, Lord, we are overindulged with our political mindset and our political beliefs that we fail to recognize and realize that even in the way we would speak truth, we need to be fully informed by the gospel. And so, Father, today with these practical things, teach us to pray, teach us to act out and live out that gospel. Lord, this is not a rocket science. You called us to bring your kingdom on earth. And then, Lord God, may we be encouraged to work for justice as your people, as your community, as people who profess that we have known the gospel of Jesus Christ. Empower your people today, I pray. And as they live out this life, Lord God, encourage them that in whatever situations that they are going through, they can still be a blessing and an encouragement to someone when they live and they live out that gospel to ignite. We ask this in the name of our Lord, our Savior, we pray. Amen. 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 Let us all stand and receive the benediction. Now to Him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept for long ages but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writing has been made known to all nations according to the command of eternal God to bring about obedience of faith to the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. We give praise to the eternal triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen and amen. Go well, my brothers and sisters. <laughs> Exercise your prophetic voice today. And for those of you who have joined us online, thank you for joining us. And join us again next week. God bless you all.